0: There's a a rooster in this neighborhood that's like an adolescent and it can't quite do it right, the cock-a-doodle-doo. And of course, that's the one that gets up at 4.30 before all the real roosters wake up, because. Yeah, you see this? You better shut up or that's gonna be your kids.
1: See, it worked. Just gotta speak their language.
2: Welcome,
0: Boomexers. Let's throw out the old playbook. It's time to tear down the traditional way of looking at your life and money. And leverage the laws of money to our advantage. That's right. There are laws of money. And those who learn and leverage the laws of money win. And sometimes win big. Stay tuned as Asset Protection Attorney Daryl Tuttle, educator and leader of the Boomex Nation, shows us how. Beginners, investors, entrepreneurs, fellow attorneys, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's arm this ball. Now, here's the Boom X show The Laws of Money. That opening clip of the show, the prequel clip, was a very odd experience for me impactful I was in a place called Playa Santa Playa I learned means beach and so like Saint Beach like Santa Claus Beach holy so like holy beach it's a little town outside of Guanaca Puerto Rico and what's amazing about Playa Santa is it's regarded as one of the best beaches in Puerto Rico and it is on um the southwestern little tip kind of, sort of, uh, of Puerto Rico, and I don't know how it is. Like, in Puerto Rico, that's where God keeps all the sunsets because there's just something about the way the sunsets. I mean, like, I never I never took a bad picture of, of a sunset to the point where, you know, of course, all my friends back in the United States are getting sick of it. Like, okay, we get it. They're a beautiful sunset. But, no, I'm like, you don't understand. This is God's studio. And Playa Santa is is situated in such that you could go to uh, my my remote beach. I'll, I will tell you about in a minute and watch the sunrise. And then later that day, in Playa Santa, just maybe two and a half miles from where you saw the sunrise, you can see the sunset. <laughs> it's like think about. I mean, like if someone ever said. Um, look at this beautiful sunrise I go oh yeah I can beat that times two look at this sunrise look at the sunset it's um, not a competition Um, in bicycle racing which has been my passion for a long time um, I always say when one man rides a bike is it's a bike bicycle ride when two men are together riding their bike it's a race (laughs) competition. But Playa Santa was a place that I had decided to move to. Um, I had signed a lease on on a beautiful location um, overlooking the water, and every other day I drove to a remote beach just outside of town. And by remote, I mean it, it was well nigh practically impossible to get there To the point where I had to buy a Jeep Gladiator. Um, And once I bought the Jeep Gladiator and and drove to my remote beach, I was able to then explore further roads that I could not pass with a rental car. And I just discovered that with a Jeep, this road god knows when it was made by the romans or something back in the empire days because it was a primitive road didn't look like anyone had ever driven on it and i would find unbelievable spots to pull in these like hidden beach. i can't even describe it i'm just, it was just like i have an app on my um computer it's called grammarly and it records it corrects all the typos i make when i write and I write a lot my brain goes quickly and my fingers go slower and so there's just carnage behind my racing cursor and Grammarly also keeps track of all of my writing and then reports back to me like how I'm doing and I've always since I've been since I signed up for the application started using and I've always been about 96 percentile and what that means is I am more productive 96% of users, my vocabulary is like the 98th percentile. That's not to boast, it's just to say that Grammarly Grammarly has given me feedback that I always have something to say. I say it in a way that other people don't and I typed 1.1 million words in the last 12 months. And What's staggering about that number is that is just the words tracked by Grammarly, I only have used that. I can only use that app when I'm online typing something. Most of my writing is on desktop applications on my computer, like Word or whatever. And so, like, what, maybe I typed three million words last year? And the the beauty that I saw at Playa Sensa in that area, I mean, like, I'm struggling. I'm, like, sputtering to describe for you how beautiful it was now i want i want you to take just like every human being i think i hope anyway can be moved by beautiful scene in nature like there's nature is a remedy to a troubled soul it can be a source of inspiration it is a place where we can forget the troubles of the artificial human-made baloney that we have to deal with every day and so just imagine how you would feel if you found one of the most beautiful places in in the world and how thrilled you would be to just realize, "Oh my goodness, this is just the tip of the iceberg." Like you could spend a lifetime here and find one scene of inspiration after another. And that is why the Puerto Ricans that I encountered while I was there always believed and would say without exception that regardless of their economic condition, regardless of how hard they work, they live in paradise. And gosh darn it, they do. (laughs) Now, I also point out to you, I I played a little thing about the adolescent rooster in the beginning of the episode to juxtaposition it and to explain it's Give context to the very next clip. And I use that term juxtaposition because, you know, I'm yelling at roosters at 4.30 in the morning because the night before I'd gone out with my friend Jose and, and candidly woke up that morning a little hungover. It's not my fault. Look, I mean, Puerto Ricans, very, very... Different culture. I mean, like when you say, "I oh, would like a Glenlivet neat." You know what they say in Puerto Rico? The bartender say when. <laughs> like first time I heard it, I thought he was kidding. I, I like realized, oh no no, wait, stop. <laughs> so um, we had had a little bit of fun the night before, and 4:30 in the morning, the roosters start. And you know, sometimes you can take it, and sometimes you can't. Puerto Ricans have great respect for animals or at least the privacy of animals and therefore you do not see dogs on leashes in Puerto Rico unless an American is behind it the dog Um, and they have horses that just kind of wander around and chickens and roosters everywhere and they get up and they you know it's country living and I mean country I grew up in a, 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 a farm community a small one so it speaks to my soul and but the roosters are doing their cock-a-doodle-doo, and so <laughs> sitting there, I lose it. You know, running into my uh, my rental and pull out a carton of eggs, and I yelling at these roosters, showing them the carton of eggs. You like, see you shut up because it's going to be your kids. It was fun, you know, a break from the. Well, <clears throat> every other day, I drove to that remote beach I referred to earlier, and would pick up plastic off the beach. The whole time I was there, I only saw two other human beings. So remote, it is remote. My theory is that this beautiful beach that was just strewn with plastic, it it was the Caribbean that had vomited it onto the beach, like choking on human disrespect for nature. Because there's not enough Puerto Ricans, certainly not enough in that little area that was country living or in the entire, like maybe all of San Juan, if they everyone threw plastic on that beach, like maybe you could cover it. So I don't know where the plastic is coming from, but the beautiful beaches in Puerto Rican are just pockmarked and sometimes just covered with plastic. It's horrible. I am not an environmentalist. I'm not the sort of guy that gets worked up on you know stuff. I, I, I am from the Pacific Northwest and we do tend to, like our hooted owls, but that is not part of my a, a pattern of my past. But I just got angry, like this is ridiculous. No one's going to do it, so I'll do it. So every other day I drive out there. I've been sitting in front of a computer for twenty-five years, so I'm telling you, bending over and picking up plastic off a beach, man, that is grueling work. And um, so I'm. I by the time I had threatened the descendants of the roosters you see these eggs this dozen eggs these are going to be your kids if you don't shut up which worked for a moment (laughs) but I, i jumped in the car as was or the jeep as was my tradition and got the plastic bags and this mosquito repellent and drove to this amazing place unfortunately by the time i arrived to the beach, I had received note, uh, a text that my, my grandmother had had a, a major stroke and was not expected to live. And in fact, she passed away, I think, within 24 hours. And, well, this is how, by the time I got to the beach, you can hear the impact it had on me that experience was at Playa Senta, and I then go on to ex- give some background that is relevant to episode three. So just imagine a 55 year old attorney getting out to a beach and and then being hit with this
1: So after um, I yelled at the roosters, threatened their descendants, got a message from my cousin that, that my grandma had a stroke. <clears throat> I gotta understand, um, I was with my grandma uh, when I was three years old. My grandma and I were riding in a pickup with, with grandpa. He was driving. She was on the right side. I was three years old in the middle. No seatbelt. That was back in the like late 60s. And uh, he uh, had heartburn. We pulled over to get Tums, tooled on for the on down the road, I pulled over to a wide spot in the road, and he uh, opened up the pickup truck and got out and then fell down and never got back up. So I was with her when that happened, and that event changed everybody's life. And so I was raised by my grandma and my mom. People ask me sometimes, okay, a couple of people, why are you cleaning the beach? One person thought I might be doing it to impress another person. No, <laughs> that, the, the person that she suspected I was trying to impress doesn't even know I'm cleaning the beach. Um, wouldn't care if she did know, I, th- I don't think. Um, I have no idea. But today, <clears throat> I'm cleaning the beach for grandma. If I can get up, you don't even have to watch this because it's going to be painful.
0: Hey Boom Xers, Daryl Tuttle here. We all want to take care of our families. Being a hero to our families can sometimes be a little bit intimidating conquering the paperwork, understanding the account statements. What is the first step? For years, I would say, you have to meet the law's requirements. You must first start with legal documents. Well, of course I would say that. I'm a lawyer. But now, in hindsight, I realize that meeting the law's requirements without the proper system in place to, in a sense, have a place for the legal documents to exist and reside along with your financial information along with all of the important information about you and your plan to build family wealth is meaningless. But where to start? Start by first organizing and conquering paperwork clutter. That's why I put together the Boom X Vault and Everplan system. This online and completely secure digital portal allows you to upload all of your important information your financial information, your legal information, your legal documents. On top of it, I've added the ability for you to add family members, decision makers, to the portal, the financial command post, shall we say, so that when the time comes, everyone has the right information at the right time. Let me show you how the BoomX Vault Everplan System worked. Go to BoomXShow.online to learn more. I have added, helpful step-by-step guides, checklists, and an online community. That's boomxshow.online, boomxshow.online. Look, this podcast is about the laws of money. I had promised you that we would get off the topic of death and whatnot. I am not at all um, saddened and grieved at this point about my grandmother's death. But just think about it, I mean, God, even I am struck with the drama of, of what's unfolding here. If you listen to episode two, my father had died, what, six or seven months prior, and I had just let the tape roll as to my feelings about it. And that episode has nothing to do with the laws of money except to illustrate how a family leader that fails to lead leaves carnage financial and emotional with his family. And episode three happened. Just to be emphatic, I had pointed out in episode three and told the story of a three-year-old version of myself witnessing my grandfather having a heart attack and, and dying right, right in front of me. And then to illustrate the importance of family leadership, the impact that that death had on the course of my family. My grandmother was with me as indicated when, when that occurred and now she had passed. It's just kind of ironic that, I mean, my grandmother was 98 years old. God bless her, wonderful woman. It's troubling to think that she will not be on the planet. I mean, that she's no longer here because she had been so omnipresent during my lifetime, but it's time to move on. And in a way, her her death really kind of sealed the package for me. I have been thinking about family wealth enhancement And how it's different than estate planning. I mean, essentially, episode one introduces you to the background, myself, the purpose of the show, and my decision to go all in on this podcast. And then episode two is about my family. Episode three is. Four is about family wealth. Like, the Rockefellers, the Kennedy families of the world flourished. They were successful for generations. Why? Why? because they had a mindset and a vision about money that is not common. Even people, like I, I'm in this bizarre world I find myself in now, the, the money world, and, it's, and it, all of the people who are, um, are just talking about like, entrepreneurship and business and production and all of this, they, they could well nigh be making a fatal mistake and that is looking at it generationally and it will be gone within a very short time frame, And so what is the mindset in the system that the great families that flourish, how does it differ from this um, thinking about wealth and family as if it is just a state transfer? Now, we don't need to get into that right now because I have dedicated myself to also have episodes that are like lessons of life. You know, the laws of money and lessons of life. And I don't know what this episode is because there's all kinds of things happening here. But it ties it all up. I mean, I I hope I have illustrated what a generational family can go through and the emotional impact it has on children and grandchildren when there's no vision. Right? Okay three million words typed last year. Hopefully that soundbite gets to the point much faster. Now here, here the story does not end, as you can imagine. So I came back to the States for the holidays, but also to kind of organize myself for this move to Puerto Rico. And, and I will be, gosh darn, I mean, God uses Playa Santa as the studio for sunsets. God also decided to use Playa Santa and Guanica as the epicenter of a swarm of earthquakes. I'd never heard that term, but that's what geologists, earthquake people call it, a swarm. In Guanica's case, it, it meant over a 1,000 earthquakes. They are still going on. They had one within the last 24 hours. And at, you know, at first, these are just earthquakes. I mean, as I point out, California, I mean, like, they think they're veterans of earthquakes. These, these earthquakes were many above 5.0 and at least two above 6.0. And so there has not been like a, the big one that has devastated Guanica that would be so dramatic. Even CNN would cover it. It's just been an, an unrelenting, tremoring and weakening of the infrastructure, the commerce, the commercial buildings, the residential buildings, and the people of that area that i had connected with and a place that i was about to call home and so guanica the middle school collapsed the pharmacy where i bought bug juice collapsed the place i would go for coffee and these weird pastes that's gone the roads are shaken and people are i mean i mean the thing about puerto ricans you have to understand these are resilient tough people over and over and over again i would encounter people talk to them and hear stories about working 12 hour days, seven days a week and being paid far below minimum wage, not only minimum wage in Puerto Rico, but minimum wage when they had traveled to and worked in the United States. With only one exception, Apparent- there's like a pattern of Puerto Ricans going to the United States to work and then being taken advantage of because they don't they're not as comfortable and conversant in the language and the culture of America and I mean it's it's unlawful as an attorney it just gets me to the point of, of anger I can only <laughs> I can only solve <laughs> so many problems at once but these, these are hard working sincere people who take take adversity hardship and labor in stride and still remain incredibly warm and generous and it is i 've never been to a place like it and um and and let's just go over the places i 've been i 've been to kobe japan i've been to hong kong i 've been to taiwan i 've been to turkey i've been to egypt i you know i 've traveled in Puerto Rico there's some unique people there um, and so i 've been beside myself like what my friends can I go back to Guanaca Is there anything left and how are you doing and this that and the other thing and so um if you can make it to the end there is a financial investing tip at the end of this episode that i am serious is a legitimate opportunity and and or a lesson in money that i guarantee you you never thought about but other people have and the people who who uh, approach investing in this manner have done very well for themselves. It, it is definitely worth the wait. And uh, looks like we have to take a break. When When we come back, I will introduce to you Alex and Jose. At this point, they're like family. They will lay the framework, paint that mental picture, theater of the mind as to the situation on the ground, but also do a great job of like a, a segue to a very unique investment model. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Boom Xers.
2: Have you heard about the new Boom X Academy? This online academy offers courses that are taught by
0: Daryl Tuttle, host of the Boom X Show, and other educators. Many courses include a digital lesson book, video presentations, and illustrations to help you plan and live a successful retirement. Welcome back to the Boom X Show, Laws of Money podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Tuttle. Have you already earned your money? You've already learned how to save and budget and set financial goals. But in the back of your mind, you're wondering, is there something else I should be doing? The answer is yes, there is. But where do you go to get the right answer without paying a lot of money to people who speak money management mumbo jumbo or worst of all, legalese by attorney? I am one, I can say that. But I've got good news. The Boomix Academy is now open for enrollment. We take anyone of any experience level who has a willingness to learn about wealth, about the laws of money, about asset protection, and legacy. Legacy to hold and protect money for generations, not just one lifetime. We'll even take lawyers. (laughs) Some. You gotta laugh. To learn more, go to boomxacademy.com. Welcome back. One of the people that you will hear from in a moment is a guy named Jose. It's actually all this is his fault. I had gone to Puerto Rico to participate in a mastermind with uh, entrepreneurs from, I mean, you know, Austria, all over the world. And it was great. And, and um, I, after the event was over, I decided, hey, how much I got Puerto Rico? And um, I just started driving and drove for, I don't know, maybe four hours. And keep in mind, in Puerto Rico, four hours gets you about as far as a two hour drive in America would, would get you, but it was amazing. And um, I ended up encountering this, this weird dude. And Puerto Ricans are very conversant. They're very friendly. And they you think I talk a lot. <laughs> I mean, these guys reduce me to silence. I just love watching it. And uh, if you listen to the very first little clip from the beginning of episode one, I'm talking to my f- friend, and he, he had said, like, you are sitting on a bioluminescent bay in Guanica." That is, and I had read about it. I knew about it, but there was no indication that when I finally got tired of driving and pulled over at this nice ho- hotel on this body of water, that it was the location. And I described jumping in the bay at night and how magical it was and one of the most impactful moments of my life. Later, I find out, oh, oh goodness. So Jose told me to jump in the bay at night because when I swam, everything would light up, which is an understatement. But then the people at the hotel point out, "Oh no, no, it's not safe to swim in the bay because alligators and bull sharks." And I, oh yeah, baloney! I don't, I don't believe. Like Jose just like left that little tip out, and it turns out that uh, there really are alligators and bull sharks in this location. But um, you know, I've been, um, I have over a thousand scuba dives. I'm not afraid of alligators. I used to be in the infantry. I'm an attorney. I'm not afraid of <laughs> alligators, and so a friendship that was just based on a laugh. I mean, like when I'm with Jose, I just laugh constantly. It's ridiculous, and so to hear the stress and fatigue in his va- voice is is difficult for me. The other person is um, a young woman who. Had spent some time in Florida. She's going to college. I think she's twenty, and um, I met her when I was trying to find, a, like, a, hotel, a place to stay near Playa Santa. And I'm not kidding. Within five minutes, her grandmother invited me to Thanksgiving. I'm like, I just met her. That is unheard of. And so I spent Thanksgiving with the family, and and the warmth and generosity of the Puerto Rican people has been evident ever since and so the question that i pose my friends is well i'm just going to jump in and you can listen to the conversation hang on if you can hang on man uh, this investment tip is going to save your life here we go i have two objectives one is to um do the podcast thing i want to ask you some questions about what's going on in Puerto Rico, because I was supposed to do an episode on the earthquake last week, so I'm behind. So tell me, first of all, when you guys first started talking about the earthquakes, I thought you were kidding. Alex is the one that told me, she goes, yeah, we've had earthquakes here. Well, you know, I mean, people say, people occasionally say that. If you know anybody in California, they they, they will say that.
2: They have earthquakes all the time, yeah.
0: But... um didn't you guys just have a 5.0 yesterday
2: yeah i think it was wasn't it like today at like three o'clock in the morning something like that or is it, at least there was another one yeah this morning
0: yeah a four something i don't remember <laughs> you guys have had so many
3: earthquakes you don't yeah. even <laughs> we just
2: lost track yeah i don't know really
3: what they what, what they is it's a little bit difficult you know hours of sleeping changed everything changed
1: yeah <coughs> what
2: what even the way we use the bathroom has changed
0: How's that? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that
1: too.
0: okay i gotta hear this story what do you mean
2: <laughs> i mean like with the earthquakes happening you don't know when they're gonna come so people my grandma is taking showers in the back backyard
0: oh, like, right. people,
2: people are scared to yeah. take showers and People are scared to use the bathrooms because in case something big happens, like, we got (laughs) to run.
3: Yeah, that's right. Right now, the town, in the middle of the town when I live, everybody left, you know, so it's basically a ghost town right now. Mm -hmm. The malecón, you know, Trasiego is open. Uh, The owner of Trasiego, like, you know, give him the space in the, the parking lot. Uh, they they mount a wooden okay. cabin, so another businessman can open the business in the parking of the ciego that is very gentle for from the owner and in front it's gonna be uh, like a food truck doing sandwiches yeah uh, it's cool but all the all of the malcon is open they they have a, you know like a, they don't have electricity or water right now. The they're generators. Right? Yeah. Right. And
2: on the construction so nobody gets hurt.
3: Go to it right now in, in the whole town. Umami is open, Daryl. Umami is open. Uh Trasiego. Um but they close early. If it's nobody, they close at eight. Because nobody so, shows up. Exactly. But it's, it's getting it's getting very pretty 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 heavy, you know. People are getting during the, the day. They're be busy. And Caño's Pizza Open is the only other place in the 25th of July, the main road in Guanica, in the town. And you only have Burger King. That, no, no, nothing, nothing else.
2: What? Yeah, because oh. not even the McDonald's. The McDonald's is broken.
0: Oh, my goodness, that the is bad. <laughs> when McDonald's closes, you know it's a disaster area.
2: Well, yeah, the yeah. McDonald's ceiling fell inwards.
0: Taco Bell is smashed all Antonino's Pizza.
3: And I heard uh, the supermarket is planning to open... Like in three months from today, they they're it trying gone, to right? in three months in uh, right? Yeah. So it's total devastation, really. You know, it's a lot of people. Like uh, Alexei, uh, they have the showers in the, in the. You know, they're doing camping and they're sleeping outside their homes. Everybody's scared. Right? The mental yeah, state of people are, you know, it's completely messed up. Even my mom, I have to get, get him to the doctor today because she's the nervous then she's very nervous. Me, I yes yesterday at night I have like a breakdown. Nerve a nerve breakdown. Because, you know, I I have no job. I'm not making any money. And the situation, you know, taking care of my parents and working as a voluntary is so exhausting. That yesterday I was I wanna cry. I wanna I wanna cry out loud. Or smash things, I don't know, but I managed to come down. Yesterday, it was my day of my point break. You know, mm-hmm. like I was in the in the boiling point. You know, yeah. I almost, you know, it was it was hard last night, but not with the air, but, You know, was was uh, uh, earlier. You know, like at eight something at nine p.m. I was in my my room. I get a shower and, and I was. I couldn't. I tried to play the guitar. I do some things, trying to calm down. Get your mind crazy. off of it.
1: Yeah,
3: it was my time. You know, I I need to take a break. Today I just help people in the morning and take the whole day for me. You know, because I need to calm down.
2: Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. My grandma, my grandma met up with FEMA today, FEMA to yeah. try and get the house sorted out because mm-hmm. my grandma's house are we can't live there. Like she can't go back to her house. The the there's walls in the bottom of the house, like where the beach houses are at, Daryl, the back of the yeah. beach houses, the wall has a hole big enough for me to put my head inside of it. And that was just because of the earthquakes. And we have we have the ceiling is falling in and the, the stairs to go up my grandma's house from the bottom to the top the staircase is breaking too so my grandma is terrified to be there and the problem is that we have my grandpa that has alzheimer's and we can't we can't go to the camps because he's gonna get lost there
3: yeah definitely definitely
2: it's everything is so bad like we haven't been i haven't been able to go back home in about a month since this happened because my house, also my room, the floor has cracks in it. And the, the the ceiling also has really big cracks. And you can see the division from the the murals and where the walls were constructed, where there weren't walls and then they put in the walls.
3: Yeah, and that's the so little thing of, of our story, you know. Like me, I, I was lucky because I have a, I live in a wooden home. Yeah, own. but the people, people that have cement houses, land houses land.
2: were kind of screwed. <laughs>
3: yeah they're very screwed no I and, and the problem is
2: that the earthquakes don't stop and every time there's like a five and anytime there's anything above a 4.5 that my grandma's house just starts moving like if it was a tree
3: I, I i was in the restaurant in guayanilla in triangulo the same owner of the trasiego and i worked like a couple of hours on uh, sand on saturday, on saturday. And the people of Caguas, they felt some some little uh, earthquakes there, you know, like two point something, something like that. But then at 4.30 something on Saturday was the the one that hit. It was the big the, one. The, the 5.1, 5.2, they adjusted to 5.0. <laughs> but it, I count myself, when I realized it, it was shaking, I count 12 seconds. So for me, it's the longest one. not the that not you the, one, the longest
2: yeah we felt i it think very strong. I and there were long long. So, almost 10 seconds or six yeah. seconds
3: and there were a couple uh from people from from kawas they panic. the the husband of the you know husband and wife the husband get out uh crying uh, you know uh, shouting loud to the wife come on come on get inside get outside get outside run, run. like crazy you know yeah. and, and we we stay we stay you know, we're getting used to it. You know, we had to adjust, and she couldn't even move. She was yeah. like freezing cold, uh, stick to yeah. the table. And I I'll talk to her, uh, "Mam, are you okay or something?" And she said, "Yeah, I want to run, but I can't. I'm just freeze here. My move, <laughs> I can't move my legs. I'm, I'm stuck. I can't walk. Imagine,
2: imagine having to run every time there's an earthquake. Uh, for example, at least for me, my grandma is terrified and like i said my grandpa since he has alzheimer's he doesn't know what's happening every time there's a big earthquake that we have to run imagine getting him up from the couch putting on his shoes and trying to force him out the door in case the house the, fa- the house falls down but he doesn't move and sometimes it can be like two three o'clock at night and a big earthquake happens and we have to force him up wake him up in the middle of his sleep he doesn't know what's happening and we have to like literally pick him up and take him outside and it's 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 really tiring mentally and emotionally for the people that we have to deal with and like watch over because they can't watch themselves
3: no imagine your grandparents you know with alzheimer and all the stuff and all the people that are staying in in the in the campments in the camps you know
2: it's not like we don't have we don't have work we can't we can't work because the the beach houses aren't being rented we don't have any money and not just that but like everybody's tired we have to my grandma is thinking about renting a house in bolsa because she's too scared to go back to guanica and take my yeah, grandpa back. And-
3: I don't know where
2: are we gonna find the money we, if we nobody's working we we don't have we don't have a way to make money and it's ugh.
3: we're in the classes same
2: boat school and it's shaking in school too like my school I feel like it's gonna fall down eventually but I'm scared,
3: <laughs> oh, I'm scared. safety first your life is first you know
2: but I have to go to school because I can't miss classes and then I'm gonna get in trouble with that
3: yeah and, and the thing is like like hours you know we are very so tidy money, we cannot afford to get a plane, you know, to pay the tickets, no, to get out. Can't leave. And where? And to do what, you know? No, uh, but I don't, I don't want to go yeah. from here, you
2: know? No, we don't want to leave because if something happens, if an emergency happens, at least we're here in the island and we can take care of the houses and we can see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and we're I know, with exactly. the family. In the United States, if an emergency happens, we're just going to sit back and cross our arms.
3: Exactly. My only attachment here are my parents, you know? parents. Uh they are a little bit older and they are sick. But, you know. You know but, uh, the, the saddest thing uh, even uh, not that they, almost everything is destroyed, is if everybody's living in town. Uh the population of Guanica is about fifteen thousand. And I know by the fact for me, like people that it's I like know, a
2: hundred.
3: it's like oh, more than a thousand. already left Guanica. And I was in a food truck a couple of days ago, and we were 10 people in the line. I was, pay, I was uh, buying some food. The people behind me, one of them was working here. The other eight, we were 10 in the line. The other eight late were leaving next day, you know, out for Puerto Rico. The manager of the restaurant in Guayanilla left too. Uh, all my neighbors <laughs> left in the I have no neighbors right now. <coughs>
2: Oh, it's and crazy.
3: I have to it's take... It's sadness, you know, if you, if you get too, too, too much in the media, you know, in the Facebook, Twitter, and, and <laughs> a lot of people getting here to take pictures, and they go to someone or other places and say, no, I'm helping people. We, are, we, were, we were in Juanica helping <laughs> people. Oh, they're going um, take pictures. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't true. People are here with, with the flag of Puerto Rico and everything, and they, they have coolers in the in their cars but they're full of beers they're just having fun and taking pictures yeah people still don't believe he's shaking here
2: and not just that but also there's a lot of people getting sick for example my my uncle my aunt and both my cousins got sick with a really bad cold then i came down with it like i got the manga, and now ah, i have yeah. a, a horrible cough with a horrible phlegm and it's to the point where me and my aunt are going to have to start taking, like, respiratory therapy because we're not getting any better. And plus, since we're at the house, we have to sleep outside so much. I've been sleeping outside for, like, two weeks. And then the night cold and all the debris the, the and all the things that happen in the nighttime without, get like, the right coverage is, is getting everybody sick, too. Like, now I can't stay with my grandma and my grandpa and my uncles because I'm sick and we don't want to get my grandpa sick. Because if he gets sick, he could pass away. That's, ugh.
3: I'm gonna tell this story. It's pretty sad, but yesterday, a 70-year-old, 70-year-old uh, guy, uh, he was an athlete all his life. He lived right near my home. But so he was in a uh, week, like inside the county here. And he was talking with his brother, and he put the 37 and put it uh, under his chin. And he pulled the trigger, and he blew his head off, he, he off yesterday.
2: Yeah, and there yeah, was a doctor, a heart surgeon, who killed himself, too, because of yeah, all
3: of this. That, that one hanged himself. But that guy is from Guanica. So huh. 78 years old, the guy. This is from Guanica. Oh, they got uh, the, the
2: old world guy. World yeah. guy, yeah.
3: Uh, he lives in El Fuji. He lives in, in the town in a couple of houses in my, back in my home. And he, was, he, he went to church in the morning and everything. It was yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday. Everybody goes to church on Sundays. He went out of church. And he, uh, and he was talking with his brother or something. And then he pulled the 357 and just put it under his his chin. And he pulled the trigger. He rolled his, <laughs> his head off. It was pretty awful. 57 point blank you know deadly. yeah like, everything, everything is over
2: everything is kind of going crazy in puerto rico and i just don't know what to do i feel like we can't catch a break with anything it, it, there's there's things happening left and right if it's not the earthquakes and it's not the tsunamis then uh, the then and if it's not that is that it's we bad, can't, and if it's not that we can't work it's because we're sick <laughs>
3: No, it's it's it's, it's exhausting, it's, it's devastating. You know it's on Saturday uh, at night, it was like nine thirty. You cannot cross even it, it, just if you have a wagon or a jeep or something, in my car I couldn't you can barely get in. I, I couldn't get in. It. it was like two feet of of water in front of the the famous uh stone in the Malecon in Guanica. It so was, it overflowed uh, it was flo- flood, all floating floating everything huh. and a, a lot of wood uh with nails you know a lot of people you know you can you you can even <laughs> when it rains <coughs> and all, all the camps were flooded all the people the tents, their clothes get wet you know it was raining for a couple of hours really, oh, really yeah hard. the
2: coliseum everything was flooded and people had to get
3: out everything all the camps were flooded so it was very, really, pretty really bad
2: <laughs> no that's the other that's the other thing that's happening so since Maria we got we were supposed to have like a help from the outside like water boxes and food boxes and things like that wait, wait but a minute. the government of Puerto Rico put them in storage units and now people are discovering them and trying to get them out and people yes. are rioting outside of the governor's house uh-huh. because she she kept all of this from people that needed help and people that needed supplies and water and food and diapers and insulin and everything but the government is either putting them in storage units or throwing them away oh and also they're distributing it like one water bottle per person are you serious that's not enough you're gonna drink that water bottle on the way to the car (laughs) Yeah, yeah. People are bringing in um, tents. Also, the government, FEMA, donated some tents for for a few, and people just have brought their own mattresses and blow up mattresses and towels and things to hang up, and just we build them, and also some of them are also donated.
3: Yeah, we have a lot of help from people from the United States, from Puerto Rico, from anywhere but they bring, you know, a lot of things. At first, we don't have food. At least we have food right now. Like, to uh, so the yeah. camps, everybody has what? something to eat. Uh, but the, and medicines, we're good on that. We have doctors working, pharmacies. Uh, I think we have, we got something. But the main thing is the people are staying out online. One, I do, two kind of people. The people that are afraid and they have a good home already certified that you can live there but they're so scared they don't want to stay in their home so yeah. they prefer like sleep sleeping in.
2: outside
3: doesn't matter if the mosquitoes uh, get they get sick they don't want to be <coughs> and the other and the ones that lost everything they have no choice just to sleep in the camps and they are moving people to camps to other camps you know the government gives those a little money to try to relocate those people but it's getting so slow uh, but at night, everybody start working again. They, they, uh, uh, all of them work really out of town. So at five or six, they arrive to mount their tanks, You know, getting yeah. showers. showers. Uh, we have showers in a couple of places, but it's, it's so, so, so drastic the change. You know, from day one to to day two. Uh,
0: and now. Camp-
2: yeah, not just that, but people are scared to sleep at night. Like everybody's sleeping during the day because at nighttime is when the big earthquakes happen. So everybody is like, okay, we're gonna sleep during the day, and at nighttime everybody starts making coffee so we can stay up. <laughs>
3: exactly, and everybody is mentally exhausted, mentally, you know, yeah. the psychological. Uh, you profile somebody, uh, and you need to hospitalize him, but because everybody is so bad in there psychology you know
2: you had a mental breakdown yesterday and i'm i'm wait i'm gonna have a mental breakdown in the next two or three days i can already feel it because i yesterday i ate a piece of chicken and i started crying and it's it's frustrating
3: it's really frustrating i just go home and sleep in
2: my bed but i can't even go inside my house
3: i have mine i have mine uh yesterday but if you need to cry, just cry. You know, your, your what, body what release kind of, hormones.
0: And the, hey, guys, what kind whatever. of help?
3: I mean, is the government to cry doing out loud, anything? Cry out loud. You it's, keep talking about these camps. Uh, what Benefit your body, you know, and your system. You need to do it to relax. <laughs> you need to do it. You need to release all the stress.
2: I feel like I can't well, even release the stress because, it, it, like, once once I feel like I can finally sit down and take a breath, something else happens. Or something, exactly. like another comes up or somebody calls me with another problem or something is happening just it's always a something you know it's like you can't catch your breath
3: yeah it was like today yeah, right
2: quick happens and everything starts shaking
3: exactly and when you when you most feel that, that oh tonight i'm gonna with something i'm tired and then he, he hit another one you know and a big one
2: yeah, yeah. It's Probably. like I,
0: I shared a post And on, so there's no, I mean, you keep Facebook talking about camps. Like, like these big sleeping without my clothes on, cities popping up. And then I remember that there right? might be
2: an earthquake and the feeling goes away.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Well Right now, what we need the most is uh, camping stuff, you know. And uh, uh, everything, everything's camping, you know. Because off I,
2: mosquito repellent, mosquito off, repellent has oh. been my perfume for the past month.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. We have a lot of help from people from the United States, from Puerto Rico, from everywhere. They train, you know, a lot of At first, we don't have food. At we have food. Yeah, it
2: collapsed completely. Like, complete, completely to the point where there's no hope.
3: Yeah, when I take you get photo at first, it was, you know, with the the first damage. But it was going down and down slowly, 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 until it the total collapse. <laughs> People. The people that are not afraid and they have a good home already
1: yeah. said, decided they want to stay in their home. So they prepare to outside. It doesn't matter if the mosquitoes uh, get, get sick, they don't want to be. Uh, uh-huh. And
2: the other, and the one, so they have no choice. They have yeah. camp, and they are to go. Well, camp Econo, camp Econo camp is not going to open, open for, for, for another, another few months. And we're hoping that the only reason why the economy does do well, is because when all of this ends, Guanca might be a big tourist area because people are gonna wanna see what happened. And not just that, but we'll have FEMA going in and out of the area. So hopefully FEMA will create enough traffic with all the employees and plus the people who are gonna wanna come and see what happens when everything is done. Um, that's what me and my family are thinking might happen because once there's an emergency, once there's like a natural emergency, people people eventually like to go check things out. And we had a lot of things fall down and we had a lot of catastrophes happen. So there's certainly a lot of pictures to be taken. Oh yeah. My family and I I are guessing eventually that's that's what's gonna happen.
3: You had a mental breakdown yesterday. Mom, um wait, I'm gonna have a mental breakdown in the next two or three days. I can already feel it. Cause uh yesterday I ate a piece of chicken and I started crying and it's it's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Oh, okay. I just, like just freaking like yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. It's ugly. Well, I don't know if I have mine, I will I will start buying everything because even in a while it take a year or less or or, or more when I got see of, uh, one of the best beautiful beaches in Puerto Rico so we need to still moving you know
2: yeah
3: it's going to be plenty of room for everybody you know the apartment sales of your family and yours you you will believe me trust me in a few months it's going to be full the whole well, next year, everything. You that's know, if everything. we can
2: get them up and running, if FEMA helps us fix the place.
3: Copa Marina because, is open in February 12th, I think. Copa what Copa, is open. Copa Marina Beach Hotel, the hotel. They make an announcement that they're going to open in February something, I think.
2: Yeah, but Aela is not opening anytime soon.
3: No, right now, no. And the road is closed. The yeah, El, is closed. and
2: Darryl that building the circular building that you wanted to rent out that place is completely shut down too oh yeah because this by right next to the water like people can't uh, go the,
3: there the, Ela, the, yeah. the other building in front of the beach the big building is closed down it's shut down they cannot open it
2: completely
0: Yeah, it's weird because the bug juice that I bought when I was in uh, Guanaca, that building collapsed. It's the little pharmacy right across the street from McDonald's. Yeah, it collapsed
2: completely. Yeah. But complete completely to the point where there's
3: no hope. That when I think you the follow up first, it was, you know, with the, the first damage. Well, it was going down and down, slowly, slowly.
0: I know there's no answer to this question, and like Econo and Traciago, the businesses that have been resilient, I mean, things are, sounds like there's not going to be a population large enough for those businesses, even the resilient businesses to survive, so what the, And that was the end of the interview the connection became unstable and I lost them but um, you know we think about disaster the mental image is a physical catastrophe but like what would you do if the only grocery store in your town was shut down and I, I, the thing about Guanica is after Hurricane Maria half of the residents had left and so It was, uh, I felt like I found it like a hidden gem because it was in such an amazing location. And I was baffled by how, like where is everybody? And and now this, and and so there you go. Um, Playa Santa was a place, a beach that I tried to clean every other day of plastic. And the scenery there was amazing, but so were the people. And it, it, I mean, we're all can't help, like, watching a train wreck. But, uh, okay, let's get back to money. Um, I had a client, most of what I've learned just from my clients, they've taught me as much as I've taught them because I know the law and I know It takes a long time as an attorney to realize what works and what doesn't work, regardless of the the Clayton election language in the Last Will and Testament. And um, this guy, I thought, so we we were talking about investing, which I often do with my clients, and he called it ghoul investing. I like the term zombie investing better. And here's the way it works. I mean, the whole premise behind investing, it's very, very simple. Buy low, sell high. That's it. Now, spotting an opportunity is extremely difficult. If you are trying to leverage, I mean, like, let's dig really far into the charts and see if we can get, a PE ratio that's favorable with a beta. I mean, th- these are guys who are looking at successful company trying to see trends and all that. That's why it's difficult for civilians, for lack of a better word, to compete with the market, Wall Street, because of their massive institutional knowledge, expertise, and, it, you know, like, whatever. Now, I can tell you, a, most of the people, is that, is that true? Most? Probably not true. A good percentage of the people who I have encountered in my in my career who have high net worth did so by violating all the rules. For example, one rule is diversify. Modern portfolio theory is based on the premise that, hey, you know something? Um, if you have multiple asset classes and multiple investment styles, you will outperform the market and do better if you were stock picking. However, I have encountered plenty of clients who are extremely wealthy because in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle, they bought based on emotion only and they, they, they chose stocks. It is not uncommon to encounter millionaires in the Pacific Northwest that bought Starbucks, Microsoft and Costco back in the day. And they just bought those three stocks and they held them. And now they're worth millions. Now that violates every single chapter of the book, let alone the book. Nevertheless, the rate of return, their wealth speaks for itself. Also, a lot of my clients who have done well have invested in real estate, rental properties. And so they have become good at spotting a value in their neighborhood. And they're going to outperform Wall Street as to rental property choosing in their own neighborhood. That's your superpower. And so what is like Google investing? Like if you don't really want to get in the weeds of modern portfolio theory and compete with Wall Street, it's actually very simple. <laughs> this funny guy, like just wait, and wait for a catastrophe. And you can think, you know, like, big corporations, Enron or whatever, it's like bad things happen. And when bad things happen, people panic and the price plummets. Now, if you believe that this disaster really does not undermine the strength of the corporation, of the stock, the value of the location, then there's an opportunity. Jose indicates that there are homes being sold for thousand dollars in Guanica. There's a lot of work to be done there, but when when I was there, I just saw this vision. Like, talk about a place that is begging for a resort. <laughs> there is no place I've been. Right outside Guanica is a very tight bay, and um, outside of the bay, there, there's a beautiful reef. They have an island there that is no kidding called Gilligan's Island. The people go to. It's just wonderful. That's it, that's it for me. Beach, resilience, Mormon generous, ghoul investing, episode seven is going to be about the SECURE Act. While I was in Puerto Rico being distracted by beauty, President Trump signed one of the most impactful pieces of legislation as to my area of law. I tell my clients all the time, don't worry, relax. America needs stable law as to wealth. The law rarely changes. Don't worry. Oops. Secure Act. Signed in December, effective in January. You should listen then. Wait, 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 wait. Hi, this is, this is Daryl Tuttle again. And this is what they call the outro Thank you for listening. I hope you liked the show. If I said something too quickly, you can go to boomxshow.com to check out the episode page, the notes, resources, all kinds of things. Check it out. Boomxshow.com. Okay, okay, now you can do the music. Yes, now. I don't know. I thought that was good. I think that was good. All in one take. Not bad. Oh, gosh. Where'd everybody go? Hello? Alone again.